First Palm Media. Nobody covers dog sledding like mushing from First Paw Media. Our team of athletes, volunteers, race organizers, and mushers like Robert and Michelle Forto brings you closer to the sport. If it's happening, we are there. Live from the qualifying races in January and February, the Iditarod in March, and in the summer, mushing takes you on the road with our team and trail tour. We connect you with a history of the sport, in-depth interviews with a top mushers, and great storytelling and breaking news all year long. Follow on mushing.com. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Canadian Challenge Tales. I am joined by Sarah. How are you today, Sarah? I'm good, thank you, Dan. How are you? I'm wonderful, thank you. Those that don't know Sarah, she is the face behind all of our social media. So all of our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram posts, uh, Sarah looks after all of that for us. And she's been nice enough to join me. So we can talk a little bit about our preview for Canadian Challenge 2024. So we're going to start with uh, a little information about the race itself. So um, we will have the start of the race on Tuesday, February the 20th at noon, Saskatchewan time, uh, starting out of Mississippi. Um, we also have three uh, different race categories for people. We have a 10-dog, 200-mile, an 8-dog, 100-mile, and a 6-dog, 50-mile race. So for the 10-dog, uh, they are going to start, like I said, on Tuesday, February 20th at noon. The 8-dog starts Thursday, February 22nd at noon. And the 6-dog and the 8-dog restart are on Friday, the 23rd at 10 a.m. So, Sarah, why don't you tell everybody how they can follow along or where they can watch the race um, if they're not able to attend in person. Okay, um, and I'm also going to ask you to do to do a prediction, Dan, of when you think the first team is going to finish on the 10-dog, and you and I can put our little guesses in an envelope and see who gets closest, but I'll come back to that and let you ponder on that one. Um, okay, so our website uh, is www.canadianchallenge.com um, and that's where you'll be able to find the trackers. Um, we will have trackers on um, as many teams as possible, hopefully all of the teams, and uh, you'll be able to follow along live, uh, whichever is your favourite team. Um, it, it should be it should be updated um, very regularly and it will give you um, an estimated time in checkpoints as well, which is, which is new. Um, you can follow us on our socials, our social media. So we are on Facebook and uh, we are also on t Twitter. Our Twitter um, address is CC Sled Dog Race. Our Instagram page is Canadian Challenge. We're also on Blue Sky. For those of you that have jumped over to Blue Sky from Twitter or X or whatever I'm meant to call that now. Um, our Blue Sky address is at ccsleddograce.bsky.social. And we're also on threads if you've come over to threads from Instagram as well. And our threads address is at Canadian Challenge. So, Dan, give us your ETA for first team finishing on the 10 dog. Well, it, it's going to be a very interesting race. And I'm going to touch on the trail a little bit as mm -hmm. I continue to ponder that question. Uh, so, t the 10 dog team. That's teams my curved ball for you today. Sorry. I like curved balls. <laughs> 
So the, the $10 team is going to start at a Mississippi. They have a 50 mile run to LaRange. And then they have two loops to the south, which will be 50 miles in, in total each one down to a remote checkpoint cabin we have available um, at, the, at the turnaround. And then they have a 50 mile run back to uh, Mississippi to finish. Uh, nine miles mandatory rest and checkpoints. Um, given what we've seen in past years and the trail condition we have, I think it's going to be a little bit slower than we've seen in past years because the temperature looks like it's going to be a little bit warmer. So I think that as more teams cross that trail, it's going to deteriorate a little bit. So last year, I think we had the, the winning team in the 10 dog was actually 180 miles this year. We're a true 200 mile race, uh, which is going to affect that time. I'm predicting we're going to start seeing the finishing team about 3 a.m. on Thursday morning. Oh, okay. I'm going to make a note of that. I was going to go slightly earlier than that. I was going to go at one o'clock in the morning of Thursday morning. So I think the winner gets to buy the other one a beer or something. That's the new rules anyway. Um, I think what, what's also going to be critical then, Dan, I think is bib bib order isn't it whoever if you pick an early bib number maybe you're going to get the best trail conditions well it, it, yes and i think that the, the the time interval at the start we're looking at increasing the time interval at the start for uh, just to ensure that teams can get through the first long portage because you can't really pass through there so okay, that well. interval may increase from the standard two minutes apart to three or maybe even four minutes apart Okay. Um, that decision is going to be made at the 10 dog mushroom meeting, uh, on Monday night. Um, so that will also play a factor as that time differential is made up at the last stop in LaRange. So after 150 miles into the race, the teams will each have a mandatory five hour rest. So that's when the time interval, uh, will be taken there. Mm -hmm. So there'll be a little bit more rest. And what's really interesting is that. I'm not sure how the strategy is going to go for some teams because you can break it into four 50 mile runs and do it that way. You could do a pair of 75s and then a 50. So that that's really going to throw some, some teams off if they're expecting to do four fifties and then you get uh, another team that wants to do a 75. I think there'll be definitely a couple of teams that are going to do straight 75s. Um, having looked at, strategies in other races very recently where somebody did a straight 100 mile stretch i think there might be a couple of teams that go and do 75 milers i don't know what you think dan but yes i I, interesting. I agree that there will be some that that certainly consider that option hmm. uh, the other factor that's different for us this year is the rest is taken in one hour increments only so you have to, mushers will have to decide if they want to stay for, you know, to get the next hour or are they going to chase a team out of the checkpoint? So it will definitely be interesting to see how it works out with all the teams. And Do you know what the weather forecast is like, Dan, between now and race day? Between now and race day, it's yeah. going to be definitely below zero on the okay. Celsius side for our American listeners. And we're probably going to be around minus 10, minus 15 for the race. So I think that that's going to produce some really good temperatures for everybody, cold enough for the dogs to, 
to not be too concerned about overheating and warm enough that the mushers don't complain too much. You um, do know, though, that Laurent's temperature, it, it's guaranteed to go like to minus 40, whatever the predictions say in race week, because that happens every year. So, Well, it, it seems to be what happens, but that's not what's in the forecast. So, mm -hmm. um, but, but that is what we have. So, um, like I said, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how the, the strategies play out and which teams decide to take a little more um, trail time and try and offset that with a little bit more rest or those that just want to run, want to run 50s and, and take their rest and, and keep their speed up. And I think that the trail condition will definitely determine how that changes. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the, the musher side here shortly. I don't want to forget about uh, our wonderful sponsors that we have. We just wouldn't be able to do this without, without them. Uh, our main sponsor is Adventure Destinations and Thompson's Resort in Mississippi. So they're a big part of the race this year, both the start and the finish line. They have a wonderful uh, northern resort about an hour north of La Range. Uh, great for fishing in the summertime. And they're starting to branch out into more winter activities. And uh, they've been with us for the last two years. This will be their third year with us. So really want to say a big thank you to the entire team at Adventure Destinations. Uh, as well, we have Baldwin Feeds. So they've been a big sponsor of the race for years, uh, helping us out with uh, some of our fundraising activity <clears throat> and being a big part of the race. We also have, <clears throat> excuse me, have some sponsorship from Sastel and the town of La Range, as well as the uh, Northern Lights Development Corporation uh, have been big helpers this year too. So um, it's it, it's been great to, to have them on board and uh, really want to thank them for, for everything they do. Um, so on to the musher analysis, which is really where lots of people like to spend their time. Um, do you have anything to start with before we jump into each individual musher? I've got some random stuff, as you know, because I'm a bit random. Just to give some headlines, we've got 28 teams signed up with us this year, which is a total, if they all turn up, a total of... 244 dogs which is just under a thousand doggy paws which is a lot of booties if they need booties and of the teams that we've got signed up eight kennels have got more than one team running which is amazing and we've got lots of kennels that are running in the 10 and the 8 or the 8 and the 6 or they've got two mushers or th even three mushers potentially um, so there's lots of people that um, are returning to the race but there's also some lovely new people that are joining us this year and I think with the conditions um, all over North America um, people have been waiting on tenterhooks to see if the race is actually going to run so it's wonderful that we're, we're going to go ahead and we can welcome some people that perhaps would have raced elsewhere that have considered us and we'll hopefully give them such a good time that they'll want to keep coming back so um, that's my that's a few of my randoms at the minute Dan okay well I'm going to start with uh, the 10 dog I'm just going to go in the order that they registered so I don't forget about anybody uh, so returning musher uh, is Garrick Schmidt he's in the 10 dog race he finished the 10 dog race uh, Red Lantern last year 
year before he was in the eight dog race. So I'm really curious to see how Garrick makes out, you know, his second time in the 10 dog. I know he's been busy with training. He's one of the few people that had snow early and seems to have kept it for most of the year. So I'm really curious to see how, uh, how his training has gone and, and what his team looks like this year. And I think from for, for Garrick, I mean, he was our winner of Most Improved um, and, and the, vet, the Vet Award for Most Improved and Rookie of the Year last year. So I think, as you said, it would be fascinating seeing how his training, his early training um, and his absolute passion for this sport plays out this year. I think he's I think he's going to give us a good run for his money, I think. Um, and I think he's going to keep his handler, Dexter, very busy. <sighs> I definitely agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's I, that's where Dexter shines. He's certainly uh, the the handler that most people dream of. He's always there, always got a smile on his face, happy yeah. to do whatever. So that's a big help for Garrick. I have to um, say, Dexter's also been asking me if we can organize some handler Olympics. So we'll come back to that one. Um but just to mention as well that Garrick is of you've you've done a podcast or you've done a couple of podcast episodes with Garrick, haven't you? So people can find out a little bit more about him directly from him on our podcast series CC Tales. You betcha. There's definitely uh, you can find those on your preferred podcast app uh, under CC Tales. I'll plug it for you. There you go, Dan. Thank you. Um, next up, we have Leon Church. So Leon was with us last year. Um, he was in the 10 dog. Uh, unfortunately, he scratched partway through the race last year, but um, he tends to have uh, a little bit bigger dogs, you know, fluffy, big, heavy coated <laughs> dogs that seem to do well in the colder weather. So I'm curious to see how his training has gone this year. Um, I know he's busy doing hunting and trapping and fishing. So you don't see a lot of him or what he's been up to on social media, but uh, I'm really curious to see how his, his dog team works out this year with uh, potentially warmer temperatures than we've seen in, in the past. I know Leon has an awful lot of home support. He gets, um, there's lots of people that follow on the tracker when Leon's racing. Um, and I know that he's planning on doing the Torch River run after the challenge as well. <clears throat> so I think he's sticking around um, Saskatchewan for, for a while. So it will be great to welcome him back. And I, I just hope he finishes this time. So I'll be keeping my fingers and toes crossed. Yeah, so coming from Bozeman, Manitoba, yeah. in the Swan uh, River area yeah, is where Leon calls home. So looking forward to to seeing him. Um, th the next musher is new to the Canadian challenge and uh, certainly a name that people should keep an eye out for is Charmaine Morrison. So she's coming from Bozeman, Montana, and she's bringing uh, a relatively young team to the race. She's focused on participating um, in, in the, in the Iditarod. So I believe she's got some younger dogs that she's trying to get prepped and get her qualifiers and everything done if she hasn't finished them already so she can go up there and do that. So really curious to see how she does with 10-dog team and uh, and how those younger dogs are looking. And I think Charmaine, she's she's very well connected in the in the uh, mushing world. I think everybody that I've spoken to, to so, so um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, 
Quince Mountain, Blair Braverman. I think she knows Jessica. I think she knows, um, uh, what's her name? Emily, Emily as well, Emily Gibson and uh, Christ, uh, Christine Gibson. Um, so I think she's pretty well connected and knows a lot of people. So I'm really keen to meet her dogs um, and to see what she brings, really, because it's wonderful that she's coming up from from the US. Um, and I think she'll she'll add a nice young flavour to the race as well. Um, she's bringing two teams, isn't she, Dan? I think. Yeah, she currently has two teams signed up, one in the 10-dog, one in the 8-dog. Yeah. Um, and she was also the Rocky Mountain Triple Crown champion in 2020. So yeah, certainly yeah. capable of uh, driving a, a competitive dog team. I think she's got stacks of experience, hasn't she? Sort of the Eagle Cap, uh, Race to the Sky, Bear Grease before. Um, so, yeah, I think she's pretty well qualified. And I think she's got... Is it Iditarod this year that she's going for or Iditarod next year? Um, I know she's... I, I suspect it will be next year, given yeah, yeah. the time frame between our race and Iditarod. I don't know that it's uh, possible to get all the way up to Alaska in time for Iditarod. So I presume that's 2025. Sure. But uh, we'll find out, I guess. Yeah, it'll be good to meet her. Yes. Uh, next up, uh, we have Anna Bolvin, who has been racing with the Canadian Challenge for many years um, from here in, in Saskatchewan, the bright lights of Porcupine Plain. So Anna has been an experienced dog musher starting in sprint and uh, moving to mid-distance. I know that she has been very focused this year and not very vocal about what she's been up to in terms of training. Um, you can also follow, uh, listen to her uh, podcast episode we did one with her um, as well so she was just out in Caledonia for their 10 dog race um, so. what can we say about Anna that people don't know about Anna I think everybody knows Anna um, will she be having a little dog Gloria leading her out again um, I know that this past year Anna's done quite a lot of traveling so she's been over to Sweden to her, ho her you know her home um, but she's also, as you say, kept everything quite quiet about training. So perhaps she's going to unleash a, a secret weapon that we don't know about. Maybe she's got a team of, I don't know, ponies or something in disguise. Who knows with Anna? Um, but it'll be good to see her again and good to see her completing the race because I'm sure she will. She'll, she'll do brilliant, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I, I think that um, th this year her kennel has been a different approach from they've done in past years in which they, with her and, and, and Max racing, they have sort of evenly split teams in the past. Mm -hmm. This year, I know for, for sure that that has not been the case. Uh, I believe Anna picked her team first and uh, Max took whatever was left <laughs> over. Um, but Anna's got lots of, lots of top quality dogs, uh, in her kennel. So I'm, I'm confident she will have uh, a strong team and I'm curious to see what her strategy will look like. Um, again, with not much information posted, it's hard to tell what, uh, what's been happening, but I know that they did have snow. Uh, I was out at her place, um, a couple of weekends cause she had snow and I didn't and, yeah, we just seemed to cross paths on the trail. It wasn't uh, necessarily running together, which was interesting um, approach. But she she definitely was faster than me. I know that much. <laughs> so you've got inside information because you've seen her dog butts ahead of you or dog heads ahead of you or whatever it is. Um, 
but her kennel name always makes me laugh. Yes, I can kennels. And I think that epitomizes Anna really, doesn't it? What can you do? Well, yes, I can. I can do anything. So good luck, Anna. Yes. And we want to also thank Anna for her help with, uh, as a board member, she has been for, for years, a previous president. So um, her help with the race over the years has been incredible. Uh, which leads me to our next 10 dog musher, which is Andy Hirschap. So Andy is also on the board this year, which has been a big help having uh, some more experience on board. Uh, Andy's coming all the way from Nolaloo, Ontario. I have not done a podcast episode with Andy, but uh, I think we're going to get one at some point here. Uh, he's normally working as a conservation officer. And in the meantime, he's got uh, his wife and and kids and and dogs at home so we haven't seen andy in the in the race before but we have seen the dogs i know he competed in bear grease last year and was pretty competitive at bear grease so very interesting to see uh how that team turns out uh, because i think uh his wife Rhonda, we'll talk about later she's got the puppy team yeah andy's kennel paws on patrol um is wonderful. Uh, having spent some time with Andy, Rhonda and the two children after last year's challenge and getting to know him a little bit better. They are such a dog loving family and yet their daughter is a cat girl. So I'm sure at some point she's going to try and hook up a team of cats to get them running. Um, and I think Andy, even in his job, he works with dogs. I think he's got a, um, a, a doggy partner called Rex or T-Rex, I think. Um, so it will be wonderful to see Andy back. It'll be wonderful to see Rhonda back. I don't know if they're, I don't quite know how they're going to manage logistics this year, whether Andy's going to run first, um, and finish before the six dogs go out so that he can handle for Rhonda. I don't know how that's actually going to work, but, um, or whether they're going to bring the kids with them this year, because they came on tour last year and they did a, a massive road trip, um, and spent some time from Saskatchewan going into, um, uh, Alberta as well so I don't know what their plans are this year I don't know whether you do Dan but um, it'll uh, be good I, to see Andy again yeah I don't know uh, I believe as they've done in the past one will handle for the other and yeah. I think that's why they picked the 10 dog and 6 dog races because uh, Andy should be finished with enough time to be able to help Rhonda out with her, her 6 dog race well Rhonda did pretty well last year didn't she wasn't she second in um yeah in the race last year yeah 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 only an hour behind uh the, the champion so they, like i said a, a competitive dog team mm. and uh certainly experienced with the trail um it'll just be andy's first time on the trail not necessarily the dog so i'm sure they'll show him the way um on to the next one is craig houghton coming to us from fort st james bc so you can listen to craig's episode with um, on the podcast, but we also did a preview for Caledonia Classic, which they did the first weekend in February. So um, Craig wasn't racing in that one. He's the organizer and he's also involved with the snowmobile club. So it's great to see Craig uh, back at the challenge. Uh, for those that are interesting, here's a fun fact. Every time R Craig has come to the Canadian challenge, it has been warm for the race. Ooh. So is he bringing warm weather with him? We will just have to wait and find out. 
That'll be interesting. Uh, I think Craig is, is no newcomer to um, Challenge. He's run it years and years and years ago, but a long time ago. Um, he's also a school principal in Fort St. James. So how on earth he finds time to train dogs, put his own race on in Fort St. James and come racing um, is amazing. And uh, I don't know whether I can share this, but I'm going to anyway. Um, on the... He also runs the Underdog 100 in um, Northwest Territories, and there is a fantastic little clip of Craig on a video encountering a wolf. If you want to go and have a sneak preview on uh, on their Facebook page, um, gives you a bit of a different insight into a school principal and some quite interesting language. Um, I think that's what that's what all the comments were from. But uh, Craig, I think, is racing. Um, he, he shares his kennel with his son, Sean. And I think that um, along with his son, he lives virtually outside, I think, when he's not when he's not in the school. Um, he has won the Sportsmanship Award at the Yukon Quest 250 before. And um, It'll be great to, to see him back at the challenge, warm weather or not. Let's hope let's hope he breaks the duck a little bit on that one, brings some cooler weather. Yes. Well, and, and he's certainly an accomplished musher. Yeah. Uh, years of experience, and I agree. Find, finding the time is, uh, I, I think, again, it leads to the support that, that's out there for people to be able to do this. It's really difficult to do it on your own entirely. Uh, not very many of them do that. But he definitely has uh, his son involved, and I know Britt, it certainly helps as well with what they have going. Well, I think Britt is racing in the six dog, isn't it? So they, are they probably going to travel down together, I'm guessing, and support each other? I presume. Yeah, I don't know. but Yes, our next, a returning Canadian Challenge regular, is Randy McKenzie. So he was with, uh, not with us last year, but two years ago, I got a chance to meet with Randy coming from Fort McMurray. He, uh, Controlled Chaos is the kennel name. I just want to make sure we mention those. Uh, Randy's got a lot of support up there too. I'm not sure how many he's bringing with him, but normally there's a there's a whole crew that comes with Randy to help out and, and get things done. Uh, I know he uh, scratched cl- closer to the finish line uh, two years ago. Um, so I'm really curious to see what Randy's team looks like this year and how they've done with training. Randy's a really special guy. Um, in his home um, in Fort McMurray, he manages a, kind of a rescue, a, a complete rescue centre um, where he's got a, a whole menagerie of dogs. He's got parrots and wolves and dogs and cats and all sorts of wildlife that he looks after. And he's also started working with border collies very recently um training and competing in agility events so he seems to have a year-long round um approach to dogs so in the summer he's he's doing his agility with his border collies and in the winter he's doing his sled dogs um so randy scratched because he when he actually had a frostbitten toe uh, two years ago um i think his feet got wet uh on one of the on one of the runs that he did um so it'll be wonderful to welcome him back <coughs> excuse me <clears throat> and it'll be wonderful to catch up with him and uh see how many dogs he's bringing and see what see who's who's doing the driving is he going to bring dave back with him who's who's coming um because he certainly brings a bit of a party a bit of a party atmosphere when he's when he's around so 
Yes. Uh, <laughs> next up, we have what I will call a Canadian challenge legend, Jerry Walker, coming from Pierceland, Saskatchewan, Smoky Hill Sled Dogs. So for those that don't know where Pierceland is, it's just on the Saskatchewan side of the border from Cold Lake. So I have not had the pleasure of meeting Jerry yet, but uh, he certainly has been around to the Canadian Challenge. I think 15 times he's run the Canadian Challenge. He is, uh, had a very competitive dog team in, in past years, uh, in addition to running uh, several of the races um, that are available here in, in the West. Race of the Sky, Pursuit of Wolf, Caledonia, Torch, Neckbone. So he's definitely an accomplished uh, accomplished musher and, and could bring a very competitive team. Jerry is a legend. Um, his wife, Brenda, is a legend as well. I've had the privilege of staying with them and running some of their trails in years gone past. Um, and in fact, the last time, or the, one of the only times that the challenge got cancelled, uh, we took a whole a whole entourage up to Jerry's um, and ran some of his trails. Um, Brenda is amazing. She used to handle for him, but I, I think she's got a, a few mobility issues at the minute, so I, I'm not sure whether she'll be coming or not. Um, but Jerry is a, a highly capable, highly competent, um, very experienced musher who started uh, who started life as a rodeo rider. Actually, there's quite a few interesting articles about Jerry um, if you if you search on Doctor Google. Um, so it would be wonderful to, to, to catch up with Jerry. One of the challenge legends is Jerry racing against his daughter, Dee, um, a few years past. And the bets were on as to, is he going to let Dee win or is Dee going to edge him out? And, and actually, they came over the line virtually together. And it was an incredibly touching, uh, touching moment. So it'll be wonderful to, to welcome Jerry back. Um, and if we manage to catch up with Brenda as well fantastic if not hello brenda we miss you again that support uh structure at home is is important and some of those that are on the support team don't get the acknowledgement so yeah. to anybody out there helping a musher or involved in any way we really want to thank you on behalf of everyone agreed uh, <laughs> next up is mary england who certainly has been to the challenge. She was in third place last year, comes to us from Sioux Lookout, Ontario and on the land kennel. Mary, what can we say about Mary? Uh, is she bringing the, the A team this time, Dan? I, I've heard rumors that she might be and Jesse might be running the puppy team. What do you, what have you heard? I don't know <laughs> because I know Mary was, uh, scheduled to come she's been registered for quite some time and uh, jesse we're going to talk about in a bit he was uh supposed to go to the up and then that race got cancelled so now he's coming to us so i'm not sure who's gonna have which dogs or what that may be a last minute decision that may be a discussion on the drive out here but um mary was the uh recipient of the vet award for uh, 10 dog Last year, um, she was the only one to finish the 300-mile um, race and generally run as a qualifier. She did not run last year as a qualifier, but um, certainly a capable dog handler. Uh, you know, she seemed to think that, uh, you know, she doesn't feel like she's a, a veteran or experienced musher, but 
I think after last year's performance, there's no doubt. Well, I think hasn't she just come second in the uh, Caledonia Classic as well, second to to, to Jesse. Um, yes. So I think I think they're going to have an interesting drive up discussing who takes what dogs. Um, I think Mary is coming into her own. I've, I I saw Mary's very first race at the Challenge, which she did the six dog. Um, and she never stopped smiling from the minute she you meet her to the minute she, you wave goodbye. So unfailingly cheerful. Um, she's a joy to be around and I can't wait to catch up with her in a week or so. Um, and to see the competition between the two of them as, as well as any, as everybody else. So, yeah. Yeah, she has been looking after the puppy team mm-hmm. for the last couple of years. Um, so, yeah, really interesting to see what uh is going to play out this year with uh on the land kennel uh next up is a newcomer to the canadian challenge is mark roberts who is originally from new zealand now calling uh, new hampshire home he's uh finbrook siberians is his kennel he's been racing for a long time and uh really looking forward to meet mark and have him come out he is a animal nutritionist sorry dan that's my dogs that's okay it's dog podcast you gotta deal with a barking dog every (laughs) now and then um so it'll be interesting to see uh how mark does and uh how his team looks i believe they are all siberians i think so there's some amazing pictures um of his dogs if you if you search for him um they all look huge so i'm wondering about his pace, um, but I, his dogs look amazing. I don't know an awful lot about Mark. Um, I've read an awful lot about the um, nutritional um, work that he does. He's a, he calls himself a canine evolutionary nutritionist, um, and he, he sounds like he's going to be a really interesting person to talk to and to find out more about. And again, I can't wait to meet him and, and just and and his dogs because his dogs look amazing. And if they're an advert for his um, evolutionary nutrition, then uh, they're a, a fantastic advert for that. So, have you spoken to him at all, Dan? I uh, just talked to him over email. Okay. Um, but I know he's got uh, a long way to go. Yeah. So you know, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to be on the road for several days. So it'd be interesting to see how well his dogs travel and if he's going to be arriving early enough to, you know, get them on the right schedule with feeding and whatnot so that they're prepped and ready to go. But he certainly appears to be an accomplished musher. Yeah. You know, done several races, been mushing for 23 years. So it'd be really interesting to see what, uh, what his team looks like and, and what his strategy is. And to see how, how well the Sibes cope with maybe warmer temperatures a little bit. So um, they're bigger and they're, and they're fluffier, I think, just looking at them. Yes, I, I agree. It will, it's always interesting to see how it plays out. And we'll see what the weather looks like when, uh, when it finally shows up. Because uh, it's tough to rely on the forecast, especially this year when there's been dreams and hopes of snow that hasn't come. Absolutely. Uh, next up is another returning musher to the Canadian Challenges, Clayton Perry, who comes from Power, Montana, TSA Kennels. So Perry's been at the Canadian Challenge in the past. He's also run Eagle Cap, Race of the Sky, and he's also finished the Wyoming Stage Stop 
Can you tell us about Clayton? Well, Clayton has enormous dogs, is what I remember most about Clayton. I've met Clayton on a, a he's done a couple of challenges before, and um, my the, the biggest experience I, I remember is looking after one of his drop dogs for one of the checkpoints. And the dog was so huge, it actually wouldn't fit into the box that we had prepared for it. Um, so we had to hunt around and see who had a who had a big enough trailer to put his dog in. Um, but his dogs are all absolutely beautiful. They're really uh, fantastic temperaments. Uh, but he's a very competitive musher. He's coming up from uh, Montana. Um, so he, again, he's another person that's got a, a fair distance to, to travel. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. He says that he's retired. Um, but when you hear about how he fills his time, he's always busy. He's always doing hunting, packing, skiing, um, training his team. You kind of think, well, how on earth is he retired, really? Um, retired from maybe fine, earning money, but uh, he's, he's, not, he's not retired from, from work by the sound of it. So um, the, the, his handlers last time, <clears throat> last time that he came up to challenge... I think he press ganged them like the night before because they'd never handled before. Um, but they were absolutely fantastic. Um, I remember them trying to rescue this huge dog that we'd put in a box somewhere. And it took us about, I don't know, half an hour to coax this dog back out because it was so cozy in there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who he's, who he's bringing with him. Um, and great to, great to meet his team again um, and great to welcome him back, really. Yes, well, and, and he's also bringing um, another musher with him, which is Trace Drake. So this will be his first time at the Canadian Challenge, but not his first race. Um, Trace is actually from Texas, but he's been working uh, at the Denver Glacier in Skagway, and he's been training with, with Clayton. So um, it, it'll be really interesting to see how how Trace does. It was first time up here and and relatively new to to racing. I know he did his first race in Idaho uh, and got third place. So uh, it's always nice to see new mushers to the scene and and younger ones. So really looking forward to meeting Trace and seeing what his uh, what his team looks like. I don't know Trace. I've never met Trace, but um, again, I've, I've tried to do a bit of research on him, but I couldn't find out an awful lot about him. So he's either very, very new or he's keeping his cards really close to his chest um, and he's going to be a surprise. So it's it's going to be great that uh, Clayton's running two teams um, and it'll be brilliant to welcome Trace to, to the challenge, um, which isn't quite his first race. But um, as you say, he's coming up from... He originates from Texas, so I'm guessing the temperatures are a little bit. He must like the cold weather. Um, maybe it's maybe it's a bit of respite from that warm Texan droughty weather that I imagine is down there. Who knows? Well, I th yeah, I, I think he's new to to my relatively new to mushing, and uh, I believe this will be his first true mid-distance race. So curious to see how he makes out with the sleep deprivation and the checkpoint <laughs> procedures. You're because not selling it, Dan. Come on, you're not selling it. <laughs> well, he signed up. He's going to experience it firsthand. And he'll either he'll be, be brilliant. Yeah. Well, and gen generally, the younger people manage sleep deprivation a little bit easier. Uh, it's a matter of whether or not he can take care of himself and, and the dogs and, uh, and and get them through the trail. So uh, d definitely, uh, 
definitely one that I'm going to be watching. Me too. Uh, last but certainly not least uh, is our final 10 dog musher is Jesse Terry. No stranger to the challenge. He has been here several times. He <laughs> is the two-time defending champion. Uh, he's also competed in Bear Grease, Can-Am, Hudson Bay, Quest, and uh, like we said before, um, him and Mary run uh, their kennel out of Sioux Lookout. So Jesse just won the Caledonia Classic this year as well, so he's coming off of that one. I'm really curious to see what his strategy looks like, given he ran a 100-mile run at Caledonia to win. So what's his strategy look like will be very interesting this year. He's registered to do it as a qualifier, hasn't he? Now, whether or not he's actually doing it as a qualifier or he's doing it as an unassisted, because I, I know that Mary and Jesse really like camping on trail and, and like doing things unassisted. Um, and again, looking at his uh, socials, he was talking about doing the 100-mile stretch on the Caledonia as a really good kind of run-in for doing some of these the Arditerod type races so I, I don't know whether you've got any insight on that Dan or whether he's thinking of doing the Arditerod or whether he was just doing it to test himself and to see how far how far his dogs could go really um, but it sounds like he had a, a whale of a time at, at uh, the Caledonia and um, I'm really glad that we have you know we have space and we can accommodate him coming back to try and reclaim his crown really can he make it a hat trick who knows um the other thing i love about jesse and mary is that they always bring a great big support contingent with them whether it's the kids or the sisters or the uh, you know the the extended family um jesse's dad sometimes comes as well um it'll be great to welcome them back as a family if that's what they're choosing to do this time so safe travels I believe it will be a much smaller crew than they have had in the past. Oh, how disappointing. But, um, you know, Jesse talked about having his, his kids at the finish line the, the last two years and, and what an impact that has on him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that the kids are coming this time okay. around, but I know that uh, Jesse will be very competitive. Um, the really interesting part, the last two years, he's basically left right near the start. This year, having been the last team registered, he is more than likely going to start at the back. Mm. Um, for those that don't know, the way that we do the bib draw here is in order of registration, and you get to choose your bib number. So he, he may not be the last team out, but uh, it certainly is possible that he will be at the back trying to chase or catch up. And how that is last year, I know he started first. His strategy was to start first be in front and stay in front the whole way. Hmm. So uh, I'm curious to see how it plays out if he is leaving at the back this year and uh, what sort of strategy he puts together. Is he going to take it slow and steady and just march his team down the trail and, and know that they'll catch up to everybody? Or is he going to put some speed on early to try and get in front and stay there? Or is he going to do that straight 75 mile and try and get ahead of the pack? Who knows? Time will tell, and uh, everybody can follow along on the trackers. Um, 
and that is our our 10 dog field so uh 13 teams in the 10 dogs some of which are doing it as a qualifier or certainly listed that way um, which is changeable up into the uh the musher meeting and at any point they can uh, remove the qualifier portion in case they need access to a truck or whatever sometimes we've had uh, dog teams that have run into weather or dogs just aren't where they need to be and so they've taken extra rest got to go to the dog truck to get more food so then that qualifier status is now gone but uh it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out with our 10 dog teams yeah and they're actually two previous winners aren't they because jerry walker's won the race before so jerry and jesse have both w- competed and won in this race multiple times jerry's won it a fair few times so and he's com- a little bit older but... and competed against each other i believe yeah they have so there could be a little rivalry going there which will be exciting um on to our eight dog uh class or category um our keen first registrant um we call her musher mo but uh, monroe mondor um so she is back again so she started handling in 22 and then she raced the six dog a third last year and now she's moving up to the eight dog race. So really interested to see how she does with um, the, the the upped distance and a few more dogs. Well, she's racing um, dogs from Garrick's kennel, isn't it? She, she does a lot, an awful lot of work with Garrick and they're, they're, they're a really, sound a really good team. Um, and what's wonderful about the eight dog race, um, we have two mushers this year that are, still teenagers um, and they're both stepping up from the six dog to the eight dog uh, and Musha Mo is one of those. She is a not the most talkative but she's a brilliant dog person I think. Um, again she's featured on a, on, a, on a podcast that Dan's done that she, she shared with her father Dexter and um, Dexter handles for Garrick and Mo, and I think he's also got on the back of a sled himself. So it'll be interesting. He 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 describes himself as much as uh, as Mo's coach. I think is what he's what he what he says. Um, so it'll be brilliant seeing him supporting her, and it'll be brilliant to see how Mo does uh, as Dan says at this longer distance. Um, the eight dog race is an interesting race. It's it's not a stage race, but in a way it is a stage race in that there's two 50 mile stretches uh, with an overnight um, stop in between. So the teams run from Lorange down to Fafards on the first day and back, <clears throat> which is a, a two 25 mile strips. Um, and then they on the second day, on the Friday, they start again in Lorange and they race the 50 miles up to Missinippi. So you get a good opportunity to see what your competition is like on the Thursday. Um, And then you can maybe adjust your strategy or think about your strategy or think about what you want to do differently um, for the Friday. So it'll be really interesting, I think, to see how uh, Mo attacks this race, because I think she probably will attack it competitively. Um, She doesn't say a lot, but I think there's a bit of a spine of steel in there somewhere. So... Yes, well, she's very, uh, a very accomplished uh, football player as yeah. well. And you can see that competitive drive in her. And it'll be interesting to see how she sort of comes into her own in terms of making her own decisions out on the trail 
and what decisions she wants to make for the second day of this race. Um, and like you said, she does work with Garrick, uh, Eagle Ridge sled dog kennel. Um, so working with him and, and his dogs. So, um, yeah, curious to see how, how Musher Mo does this year. I think she's going to have a competitive team. I agree. Yeah. What can you tell us about, uh, our next one, Sarah? Absolutely nothing. I think you're going to have to talk about this person because, <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's you. In yeah. your, it's not your first race, but it's your first time in the challenge, isn't it, Dan? So yeah. why did you pick the challenge and what can you tell us about your your thoughts for the race? Uh, well, I, I picked the challenge this year because I wanted to stretch the dog team a little bit. Last year we did Torch River Run, uh, which went really well, um, primarily with uh, dogs borrowed from Anna, uh, Yes I Can Kennel, to, to sort of get me involved in, in racing. And this year I'm coming with my own full team uh, from various mushers that have been nice enough to, uh, to, to let me have their dogs and, and join my kennel. So the, the challenge has been on my list for a while, ever since I became involved. And this year seemed like a good year to to build the kennel, expand a little, and uh, and and sort of push what what we think is possible now. Uh, I'm also really looking forward to the vet side of the race. I have not done a race with vets before, and I'm looking forward to learning what we can about dog care and uh, and and what the vets have to offer because that is one of the things that I've heard from other mushers about the Canadian Challenge and the vet care and the quality of the vet care and how it's more about teaching people how to do better instead of criticizing things not done well. And what I should tell you, I think, is that I think you've decided to do the race so that you can take off your president's hat, escape for a couple of days, enjoy the trail, because not only are you president, you're also trail crew boss, social organizer, sponsor manager, so I kind of think you're just doing this to escape for two days so that give the baton to some, to somebody else to, to look after stuff. Um, but I think this is your, well, you're a, a challenge rookie this year. You've got a team that you've been working really hard with. You've got stacks of training miles on. And um, I'm wondering how competitive you're going to be, Dan. Not very really? <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm not convinced that we're going to be in the top um, myself, but uh, you know, the, the objective this year is to finish just like any time running a, a race for the first time we're, mm -hmm. we're planning to finish. Um, and if we end up near the end uh, in the top, then that would be great. But that's, that's certainly not the objective this year. I have a team full of young dogs. The oldest one on the team is six. Mm -hmm. I've got uh, three two-year-olds, a pair of three-year-olds, um, and then four, five, and six. So it's it's not a an old team. They're fairly inexperienced, some coming from a sprint background that have been transitioned into mid-distance. And uh, it's it's really just trying to see what's what's possible and uh, and not overdo it on the first day is, is really the the big one for me. Um, as well, I will mention it is really difficult to go out and spend as much time on the trail, grooming trail, packing trail, clearing it, and not be able to run it. 
So this year, I'm really looking forward to being able to get out there uh, with a little bit of inside trail knowledge uh, on where things are and where all those distances are. Um, so I'm really curious to see how, how that works out. I've been involved at several different kennels, you know, just traveling wherever I can to spend time with other people, see how they do it and try and find what works best for us. So that um, I have had tough to learn all the lessons on your own and, and, and do well at this. So we're trying to lean on a whole bunch of different kennels to, to help out, which the challenge has certainly helped me in doing that. So, and I agree, I am definitely looking forward to getting away uh, <laughs> on the trail for a few hours during the race. So if your dogs are really, really slow, we know that actually you're just sitting down, you're having a brew of coffee, you're camping on the trail, and you're just letting us get on and organize it without you. And you'll turn up at some point Friday to host the social, I'm guessing, Dan, please. <laughs> Well, well, we'll be there. Don't worry. I, okay. I again, we're we're gonna be. We, we've we've got miles on the team this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on various different trails that that we've done, different places, different conditions, which has always yeah. been a good yeah. thing. We spent a lot of time practicing with head-on passing, which will be a critical phase for all categories aside from the six dog, because we're going to have some head-on passing on that trail section south to Fafards. So being able to do some of that this winter has been a big help just from a comfort standpoint. And, uh, you know, I think it really fits well with what we've been doing, you know, a a two day race, not doing, uh, checkpoints, so to speak, um, should, should see what, uh, what these dogs are capable of. Good luck. Thank you. Oh, next up we have Max. I am not going to butcher his last name, uh, but Max comes to us from uh, working with Anna at Yes I Can Kennels in Porcupine Plain. He has been there for the last few years, originally from France. Um, again, a very accomplished musher between uh, Underdog, Caledonia, Canadian Challenge, and Torch River Run. Um, Max's fun fact for you is the first race he ever competed in was the underdog when they held it in BC because of uh, trail conditions in Yellowknife and he started first and he won. So not very often you get to see somebody out for their first race ever and then win. I think he's, yeah, I think he'll be running this race competitively, but I'm not sure which of Anna's dogs if you say that Anna's picked had the first pick of the dogs and Max has got the the rest um it'll be interesting to see what his strategy is like I think for this particular race um Max for those of you that don't know is 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 French from by by birth and he came across Anna as a I think he was hitchhiking or cycling across Canada and um Anna gave him a lift somewhere I think and then he never left the kennel. I think he's fallen in love with dog sledding. And um, <clears throat> I think he's been with Anna, must be three or four years now. I can't remember really, Dan, but quite a, quite a while. Um, and I think, hasn't he just come off the back of the Caledonia as well? Did he come yeah, in, so in he the did, shorter distance? Yeah, he did the seven dog, 100 mile at Caledonia and uh, finished second place. Um, to Jessica, that's right. Pretty yes. close second place. So I, I know he was spending a lot of time this winter working with, um, 
some of the, the yearlings that were coming up yeah. at Anna's Kennel. And so I wasn't expecting to see such a competitive finish. Yeah. So I'm not entirely sure what dogs <laughs> he's taking or whether they're yearlings or not. Um, based on what he did at Caledonia, I, I don't know. Um, they certainly did not appear to be, uh, you know, a young puppy team that they were just trying to get through the trail based on where he finished. So, yeah, and he was only about twenty minutes. Was he twenty or forty minutes behind Jessica? And Jessica's got a, you know, she's got lots of experience with with that distance now. So it sounds like it was a pretty competitive, competitive race between the two of them. So yeah, I, I think about forty minutes behind. So pr- yeah. pretty competitive team with a, um, a very competitive musher. Well, welcome back, Max. We'll see how you get on. It's exciting. Betcha. Uh, next up is Lane Lawton. Uh, this will be his third time at uh, Canadian Challenge. So he is running with um, his mom, Jillian, and his grandfather, Steve, out of Rocky Mountain House. Aurora Gray is the kennel name. So he finished um, the Six Dog Race in 2022 uh, and, and finished first there. And then last year ran the Eight Dog and finished third. So certainly some some top-notch dogs there and uh, some very experienced uh, mentors, teachers uh, with Lane. And Lane's our other teenager, isn't he? He's, he's, our, uh, he's I, th- I think he'll be 17 at the time of this race. Um, he is dog crazy. Um, and when he's not with his dogs, he's car crazy. So it'll be brilliant to see Lane come back. Um, <clears throat> fun fact for the kennel name, uh, the kennel name is Aurora Grey. And the grey part is a mashup of Gillian's middle name and her husband Todd's middle name, which is Graham and Ray. So um, it's interesting how kennels create their names, isn't it? Where you've got Yes, I Can Kennels, Aurora Grey, all these different names. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Lane is another one, a bit, little bit like Mushamo, who seems to have no fear, seems to just get on with it, doesn't talk a lot, um, and runs a pretty good race. So welcome back, Lane, and uh, it'll be great to see how you get on. I'm not sure how they've divided the dogs up this year, whether Jill's taken first pick or whether Lane's getting first pick. Um, so we we will see what happens, and uh, I'm sure. I'm sure there'll be some very interesting um, social uh, discussions over the course of the race about strategy and who's doing what and how they're doing it. So say no more, really. Yes. Uh, <laughs> next up is Charmaine Morris's, uh, Morrison's second team. I'm not sure who the musher is there, but we'll just have to wait and see what happens with uh, Charmaine's second team in the 8-Dog. Yeah. Great which uh, leads us into Shelly Torek. So Shelly is coming from Prince George, BC, Silver Lining Sled Dogs. And uh, this is Shelly's first distance race. Can you tell us about Shelly? Shelly sounds the most wonderful person. Um, We've communicated a lot on uh, social media. She uh, is recovering from or living with a very serious illness and um, silver lining sled dogs the name says it all really silver lining is about hope it is about looking to the future Um, she's transitioning her kennel from siberians to alaskans 
and uh, she's got two little boys and her little boys are doing sort of little mini sled dog races so they've done little two two dog sprints and 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 things like that um it sounds a real family affair she's uh, she's run the caledonia uh, she went into the caledonia didn't thinking that or not think not having very high expectations but she finished and uh, she she raced the the 100 mile um caledonia she finished in fourth or fifth place i think um off the top of my head she as i say she didn't think she was going to make it but she she did and she did a pretty good job she's excited about coming to the challenge she's used her sled dog training and her sled dog running um, as a way of forgetting her illness and, and getting outside of um, all of the challenges um, associated with managing um, a serious illness and recovering from a serious illness. Um, and she's going on from the uh, challenge onto the underdog. Um, so she's committed to three races this year. And uh, I think she sounds like she wants to have some fun. So I'll be really excited to meet Shelley in person um, because she sounds she sounds absolutely lovely. Agreed. Looking forward to meeting Shelley and uh, and her dogs. She did have Siberians in the past, and now she's transitioning to Alaskan Huskies. So yeah, certainly uh, a, a change on on how races are run with uh, different uh, dogs. Uh, next up is Jessica Reimer, who uh, was at the Canadian Challenge last year, our eight dog champion. She has been mushing for several years, but really only racing for the last two but what a two years she has had i mean she has certainly focused on the lower end of mid-distance racing that 100 mile uh, 120 mile sort of race is where she uh, seems to focus and certainly has excelled um you know she's only got a 12 dog kennel but um she, she has been very competitive in every race that she's been. She just won Caledonia Classic. She has been uh, either first or second in the Triple Crown circuit, uh, Rocky Mountain Triple Crown last year. So, and that was with a, a yearling team. So I presume she's got the same dogs this year and uh, another year experience and uh, a little more experience under belt in races. And Jessica's another one that you you never really see without a smile on her face. Um, she's absolutely competitive, but I think she's I think she disguises it really well behind that lovely that lovely smile. And she has great support uh, with her husband Matt. And um, in in her in her non dog sledding life, she she's a she's a bat um, a bat researcher. So she has a passion for all things bat. Uh, she's a wildlife biologist um, based in California. Talks about having much better snow in California than parts of Canada and Alaska. Um, and certainly manages to, to, to get an awful lot of training in, or, or she, she, she has done in previous years. I think she will be running this race very competitively, coming on the back of a bit of a tussle with Max in the Caledonia. Um, so it would be fantastic just to see her strategy and to see how she does um, and to welcome her back. So, yeah. Yeah, well, and, and she's she's a traveler, as I would say. She is. Um, yeah. She seems to go where there's snow to get the training in, and uh, she tends to travel around um, 
you know, she's got a, a van and a trailer, I think, to take her dogs around. And she typically leaves home in early January and doesn't get back until April sometime. So she really is uh, living the van life, as they say, traveling around with her dogs and usually a handler with her. Um, the Rhymer Pack is the kennel name from Emigrant Gap, California. So just um, west of uh, Lake Tahoe up in the mountains. So they have not had snow like they have in past years, but I know she was in Utah for a while because they had snow there. And then she was in BC and now she's working her way back over to Saskatchewan. So um, really looking forward to seeing Jessica. Like you said, she seems to be happy no matter what's going on. And uh, yes, very, very competitive musher, friendly competitive musher, I will say. Even when getting run over by our own te- uh, sled dog team, as she was last year. <laughs> yes. Well, I don't like to focus on that, but it was a nice oh. video. <laughs> <laughs> she laughs about it, so that's okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, next up is our, our local to the race, uh, Ragnar Robinson from LaRange. Uh, Red Lantern Dog Yard uh, with his father, Sid Robinson, who is a Canadian Challenge legend. Um, you know, it competed for years. Ragnar has, uh, you know, continued on with the family tradition in uh, in the in running dogs. Uh, I know he's a mine engineer in, in his regular job. And when he's not doing that, he's busy doing everything else outside from cross-country skiing, canoeing, etc. Him and his wife are very... Uh, active outdoors. So um, Ragnar was fourth place in the 10 dog last year. I know he was really excited to finish and uh, they downsized the kennel this year and, and looks like they kept enough for an eight dog team. So really interested to see how Ragnar is this year. Yeah, you, you, you've spent some time with Sid and, and with Ragnar, haven't you? So you, you probably have all the inside scoop on, on, on strategies and what they've been doing, how they've been preparing. Um, I was really impressed that he did that enormous um, canoe race in the summer. This, wasn't it 715 Yukon River canoe um, quest, you know, to do that from start to finish? So he's clearly a very fit, very strong um, person and... Uh, that will stand him in good stead for being on the back of a set of runners, I guess. So, Well, my, I, I don't have a lot of insight this year. Okay. Uh, they, they haven't had the, the training availability like they have in the past. Um, but I know uh, Ragnar's been out lately doing lots uh, on the challenge trail. Um, the story, I guess I have <clears throat> from Ragnar last year, um, he did something that nobody else did at the 10 dog race last year. So he uh, did the first 50 mile stretch, um, just like everybody else. He took an extended, uh, rest in Weaquin, the first checkpoint, and then blew through the next checkpoint, which was 27 miles and ended up camping out. So there was a 27 mile and a 54 mile stretch. He broke that into two two 40 mile runs camped out on the trail and it was uh, minus 30 something. Oh God, it was so cold. So, last year. You know, he, uh, he really camped out on, uh, on the trail there, which was his intention all the way through, which I, I didn't sell anyone until we really got to the checkpoint and everybody <laughs> went, Oh, what, what, what Ragnar's coming in. I'm like, he's not coming in. He's going through. 
what do you mean? I said, just give him a straw bale and give him his bag and, and away he went. So <laughs> I'm not sure exactly how long he was on, uh, on the side of the trail there, but that was something they practiced, uh, and did training runs with in, in, in the lead up to that race. So I'm curious to see how they've done. I know Ragnar's team has been out on the challenge trail this year, helping to, to check out trail conditions and stuff for us, which has been a big help along with his dad, Sid. So, um, yeah. And also the Yukon river quest was the canoe race. That's right. And I it was, believe, it was long, wasn't it? yeah, it, it was long over 700 kilometers and it was him and another individual. Yeah. And I believe they were third place. I think they did pretty well. Yeah. So really competitive, uh, especially having done it, uh, just once, like that was their first time. So all around, uh, a top notch athlete and, um, Last year, given a very accomplished skier as well, um, the other thing I'll mention was last year was the first year he was using ski poles. He had never used ski poles before with dog oh, I team. I didn't know that. Okay. And last year, because I asked him, I said, like, you're an accomplished skier. I'm surprised you don't have ski poles with you. And he goes, well, I've never really tried. <laughs> so I think he rigged up something for the race, and he was surprised at how well it went. Mm-hmm. He just wanted to have a better um, method for attaching the ski poles to the sled. So they were easily accessible when needed. So watch out for Ragnar. I know he'll be working hard on the trail for our, uh, eight dog race. Oh, I'm guessing ski poles are, might come in handy this year. If we've got a bit of a, a different type of trail. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, who uses what. Yes. Uh, up next we have Jody Verge. So Jody, um, Joins us from Quesnel, BC. Uh, V6 is the kennel name. Um, so Jody's very accomplished uh, and experienced musher, having done Caledonia, Gold Rush Mail Trail, as well as several sprint uh, races. So I, I have not met Jody, but um, certainly sounds like she's uh, doing well and, uh, you know, should have a, a nice dog team. I think she hails from. Quinnell, doesn't she? Um, in uh, I think it's Quinnell, BC. I think it is. Yeah. I might have got that wrong. Um, jo- Jody raced with us a long time ago. <coughs> I went back through the archives, and it was it was quite a while back. <coughs> Sorry, Dan. I've got a bit of a cough going on here. Um, so it'll be wonderful to welcome her back. I know they've had um, some family and personal challenges in the last couple of years. <coughs> which might have diverted her attention a little bit. Um, I'm going to hand over to you for a minute, Dan, while I go and get a drink of water. So, <coughs> No problem. Uh, next up we have, I'm going to combine them together. Uh, it's Wade and Dallin Donaldson, who are coming to us all the way from Colville, Utah, from Bear Ridge Adventures. So I'm not sure if they're brothers or cousins or... Um, what their family connection is, but they've both been mushing for about seven years. They've done the American Dog Derby, Race to the Sky, as well as the Idaho Sled Dog Challenge. And uh, not really sure. I know they have a big um, tour operation. They run out of Park City, Utah, which is a big ski resort. So um, really interested to see how uh, Wade and Dallin Donaldson do all the way from uh, Utah. 
I don't know these people, so I can't. I'm, I'm so excited to meet them because Bear Ridge Adventures Kennel, the name incites all sorts of images. So I'm, I'm curious to know why they've named it Bear Ridge Adventures. Um, I'm curious to find out more about them. They both sound pretty experienced, just reading their bios and, and all the research I've done. Um, and they've already competed in a fair few races. Um, their dogs look amazing. They look they look um, very strong, very fit, as you'd expect. I'm not sure how much snow they've had this year, so I'm not sure how much um, how many miles they've got on them. But it'll be really it's really good to, to welcome them to to, to the race. Um, and I'm guessing that's quite a long that's quite a long road trip, isn't it, up from Utah? Yes. Yeah, they will have a bit of a drive ahead of them. Mm. But I think you mentioned that they know um, Clayton a little bit, so we're not sure whether they're going to travel together or what the arrangements are. But it'll be it'll be brilliant to to meet some new people and to welcome a couple of new teams. So absolutely. So that is our eight dog uh, field. Well, with the exception of Gillian, you haven't mentioned Gillian. Oh yes. Oh. Sorry. It's all right. Back. I'm working off of my list. Oh. So unfortunately. So we can't forget about Jillian Lawton, again from Aurora Gray. So Jillian was originally registered for 10 dog. She has now moved down to eight dog. Um, she has run the challenge several times between eight dog, sorry, six dog, eight dog, and 12 dog races. She was uh, second in eight dog last year, I believe. She was. Uh, I'm not sure if she told Lane not to pass her or she <gasps> had a better dog team, but I know I'm going to introduce a little uh, drama to the conversation. I think she just had first pick of the dogs, really. Um, I'm a little bit biased with this team because I have, I'm not, I'm invited to handle for the dog team for Jill. So I know her very well. Um, she's run the challenge numerous times takes her dog care extremely seriously, is super, super organized. Um, she's a very easy person to handle for because she's super organized. And um, she's extremely disappointed that she's not going to run the 10 dog uh, 200 this year, but uh, made the decision having considered the the miles that they, that the, the training miles that she's got on the dogs. Um, she hasn't been able to do as much training this year because of the, the the terrible conditions lack of snow and lots and lots of ice so is considering the the safety of of, of the team obviously but she's really missed running dogs so rather than not come to the challenge at all she thought how can we what, what what's the compromise so she's she's gonna run in the eight dog um she likes to run competitively, so didn't want to compete in the 10 dog without being able to run competitively. Um, so I think she will be a good competitor in the in the eight dog. Um, I know certainly we've been planning strategy and uh, planning approach and thinking carefully about which dog she's going to take and which dogs Lane is going to take. I also happen to know, Dan, that you've took a photocopy of the checklist that we use for getting organised. So... Yes, I think you are like a sponge, aren't you? Getting all the best bits from all the good teams. So, <laughs> well, I, I think it's all part of learning, right? Okay. I, just, I just happened to 
to like paying attention to what other people do. And there's no one right way to do it. In, in my mind, there are several ways of doing things and some work better for others. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, you have to find what works best for you, for your dog team and what you want to do. And, uh, if you can get some tricks or tips from, from others, then that makes everyone better. And I, we can't talk about Jillian or Blaine without mentioning the support that they have from, from Steve and, and Carol. Um, Carol is unbelievable in my mind. She's just the, the best support that somebody can have. She's always looking after everybody, making sure there's lots of food available. And, uh, I know she'll, she will have been cooking for weeks, getting everything ready for the human side, uh, of the race. So, uh, and Steve, I know is helping with training dogs, even though I don't know that he's supposed to be on a dog sled. I think he has been. <laughs> I'm saying <Yeah>. nothing, <laughs> but he's also managing, isn't he managing one of the checkpoints this year as well, Dan? Yes. Yeah, Steve, uh, who's on the board this year has been in years past. He's uh, going to be our checkpoint manager in Fafard. So looking after the, yeah. Uh, remote checkpoint there, along with uh, Jillian's youngest son, Jared, is going to be helping out there. So Jared's going to look after the the heavy lifting and Steve's going to look after everything else. <laughs> Steve's going to look after the conversation, I'm sure. And I'm sure that um, Carol will be cooking for whatever is going to be supplied for Fards this year. So it's probably boiling away on the stove right now. So, yeah, I'm can't wait to, to, I mean, we're going to leave the UK on Thursday. We will be with them on Thursday evening um, and we top and tail the race by staying, by staying with them. So yes, I can't wait to, can't wait to see our Canadian family once again. Yes. And we're happy that you and Jim make the effort to, to come out and such a big part, you know, with you looking after the social media side and Jim looks after our website, which had a complete revamp this summer. It did. And uh, nothing but positive feedback so far. Lots of uh, lots of great things about the way the website's set up now. And I love the the coloring in the yeah. background with the, you know, spots of red and the rest black and white. So, you know, and Jim does all the pictures for the, the, the race as well. So it's really hard to, to say how, how awesome it is because, you know, it's, it provides us with that constant feedback for fans and anybody following along that they're constantly in the loop. And that is Jim and, and Sarah during the race for the most part. Well, I'm kind of quite glad that Jillian stepped down from the 10 dog because it means I can come and do Facebook live at the start of the 10 dog without feeling guilty. So <laughs> it kind of works out in everybody's favor, I think. So. <clears throat> yes. Well, it'll be back to what you had last year, right? It will. Yes. So yeah, we're looking forward to it. Um, we will move on. I think I got everybody now in the eight dog. We'll move on to our six dog category, which we do have three mushers, um, but three very accomplished mushers. Uh, first up is Rhonda Hirschap. So we talked about her husband, Andy, in the 10 dog. Rhonda won second place in the 10 dog last year. So husband and wife team where they typically travel as a family. One will handle for the other. So uh, last year, I know... Uh, Andy ran the Bear Grease and Rhonda was helping him. And then 
uh, Rhonda came here, did the 10 dog and Andy was helping her. So uh, my first real introduction um, was watching, I believe it was in 22, Rhonda pulled into Mississippi where I was looking after that checkpoint and Andy jumps out of the truck. Rhonda says a few words about this dog and that dog and she jumps in the truck and goes to sleep and I chatted with Andy for a while while he was feeding dogs and massaging dogs and everything else I thought this is quite a way to do this you just kind of show up and it's looked after and he said yeah well we kind of take turns so um, I believe Rhonda has uh, a younger dog team this year um, and uh, they're just trying to find a way to do both so they both get to experience the trail this year with the Canadian Challenge. Yeah, I don't have an awful lot to add about Rhonda, other than that she's another very, very lovely person. Um, I have a feeling that this six-dog race this year is almost going to be like a sprint race, because I think, as you say, they're all very accomplished mushers. Marcel's got his flying sled, but Rhonda's got a fast team as well, um, and it'll be really interesting, I think, to see just how it plays out. Are they, you know, are they going to be sp- sprinting? kind of feels like it might be um Rhonda is a very accomplished musher she's brilliant with with the dogs brilliant with handling she also works um she works for Canadian border services um so along with her husband and bringing up two children and looking after all these dogs I don't honestly know how they find time to do it so the fact that they're such a brilliant team I think is probably the answer to that um I don't know when they see each other because they sound, they sound like when one's working, the other's not working. And when one's looking after dog, the other one's not looking after dogs. Uh, but it clearly works. And um, it, it's fantastic that they're coming back. So I, I can't wait to see them both. Absolutely. And I believe they maintain their own trail system. So they do. Let's yes. add that to the list of things they're working on. <laughs> I am not worthy, Dan. You know, how they find time to do all of this, I have no idea. Uh. Uh, other things are end up lower on the priority list. I know, uh, talking to a few other mushers, the the social life is generally the first item to go, and second social is sleep. Life? What a social life! Who knows what social life is? Exactly, they don't have one. <laughs> no. So their social life seems to be coming to races and <laughs> and uh, getting to see everybody there. So um, next up, we have Britta Hanks from Fort St. James, BC. Forget me not, kennel. What do you know about Britta? I know that she's a teacher in Fort St. James, so she knows Craig, um, and I think they train together, and I think I think they know each other fairly well. Um, she's been racing for two years, I, I understand. She's complete, competed in the Caledonia Classic, and I think she's also competed in the Gold Rush. Um, I can't wait to find out why her kennel name is called Forget-Me-Not, and... Um, I know that she will have students that are following her journey and probably following her on the trackers. Um, I know that when she's not training dogs, she is another outdoorsy person. I think that the, the dog sledding and being outdoors kind of goes hand in hand, but she likes hike, hiking, um, paddling. Uh, she loves ski drawing in the winter as well. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to meeting Britta. I don't think I've met her in person before. I, I think we've communicated a lot because she does the Caledonia Classic um, social media. She looks after the social media for that. Um, and I know that, uh, as I say, she she works and trains uh, alongside um, Craig's dogs. So hopefully I think they're, they're traveling together and um, it'll be good to see how she gets on. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I think that the six dog race is going to be interesting to see how it plays out because our last team in the six dog is uh, Marcel Marin, who, uh, what can we say about Marcel? Uh, well, Marcel has his own uh, podcast episode where we talked about him and his dogs and, and how we got started, which is a great story uh, in the in northern Canada. He's coming from Yellowknife, and uh, he also organizes the underdog uh, race in Yellowknife, and he runs a very small kennel. So focuses on small kennel, small dog races, and uh, is out there to prove to everybody what uh, small kennel is capable of. And he also has a sled that seems to fly. Um, I think did he did he not do the fastest time last year, Dan? The fastest time between Larange and Missinippi out of all the teams. Um, he certainly seemed to eat up the eight dog teams that were in front of him um, and overtake a few of those. He was our six dog winner by a mile last year and he's come back um, again to show us what six dog teams can do he's absolutely passionate um, about the small dog being he's an advocate for the small dog um, kennels an advocate for um, small dog uh, small not not long distance races but you know very sensible uh, distances 100 mile races um, and and how achievable they are with a small dog um, kennel he will be coming back to compete he will be coming back to uh, retain his crown i think um and show us all how it's done with us with a smaller dog team I, I i know that he has um he's got some different dogs this year he's got a he's got a slightly bigger kennel um to, to pick from this year so it'll be interesting to see how he how he chooses his dog team um and to see what his approach is this year is he gonna is he is he coming to to win yes of course he is but is he coming to test out some of his newer dogs probably i I, what i really think is um he will be agreed out here to win that is his approach at every race he goes to yeah but i also think that he's setting himself up for underdog that's his his focus Mm -hmm. um for those that are curious uh, he did last year 50 miles, four hours and 12 minutes, which was uh, almost two and a half hours faster than the next six dog team and 20 minutes faster than the next best team during that uh, section of trail. So a which very, very fast dog team. Um, it's it, it's hard to understand how, but if that's if that's what you do and that's what you focus on, and that's the way you build your kennel, then certainly it appears to be um, showing what's possible. Um, he was running with a different sled last year, wasn't he? It was it was a, a much lighter, almost like a half sled, um, which enabled him. So he wasn't carrying much weight, um, and he works really hard as well. He 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 will run and he will. Um, ski pole as well so he works really hard yeah I believe he was using what most would consider to be a sprint sled yeah uh, he doesn't require a lot of uh, it doesn't really bring anything in, in addition to the mandatory gear that's required so mm-hmm. um, but yeah he's he's certainly uh, 
focused on doing what what he, what his dog team does best, right? Um, but aside from that, he's a very accomplished musher. You know, he's completed in completed the Yukon Quest One Thousand. Yeah. Um, and uh, he seems to be focused on you know smaller teams, and uh, you know that fifty two hundred mile distance seems to be where he he thrives. So he's also um, good company. Yeah, he. Uh, <laughs> very funny. Yes. Very cheap. Um, and people can look forward to. Uh, we will be doing a, a preview episode for Underdog, as well, similar to what we're doing today. Oh, brilliant! Um, just to be able to showcase some of these Canadian races uh, for all of you out there listening. So, um, so that is our musher field, Sarah. Have you got any more? thoughts before we close out for today only the the usual stuff around thanking everybody for choosing challenge um and particularly to the trail crew this year because i know things have been really difficult in terms of weather um and the fact that we have a race that is a go i think is phenomenal it means i don't have to cancel my flight so that's even better um I always look forward to coming back to Saskatchewan, um, to Larange, to Missinippi, because this race has such a community feel. Um, it's like coming home, and I would miss that terribly if it wasn't happening. So I'm grateful to the trail crew for making it happen. I'm grateful to Mother Nature for making it work. And that means that we're going to see some new teams this year, um, but we're also going to see some teams that are loyal to the race um and i just want to wish everybody safe journeys and i'll see you in a week or so okay well i'm gonna throw a curveball in oh come on uh, you knew i had to oh come on i threw mine in earlier i know this isn't a question for you to answer though Good. Uh, for those of you that are still here still listening thank you so much for uh, <laughs> being here uh, i know this is going to be a long one but we love talking about this race I'm just going to touch on some of the trail awards that we have this year. Um, so first off, uh, in no particular order, but first off, we have the Tom Charles Award. So that is going to be a $1,000 prize for the fastest 10-dog team that uh, goes between LaRange and Mississippi. So adds a little extra uh, incentive or bonus for the last stretch of the 10-dog race. Uh, we also have the Jerry Markle Award. This is essentially rookie of the year for 10 dog race. So this is your highest placing rookie, meaning that they've never finished the 10 dog or 12 dog race in past years, a Canadian challenge. Uh, a new one this year will be the Northern lights award. So this will be going to the best dressed team and dressed our team. best dressed team. Oh my goodness. Okay. And uh, however teams choose to dress for the race or however that works out. Um, so that one is going to be voted on by our wonderful vet students from the University of Saskatchewan. I want to give them a shout out as well. It's a big part of their practical work as part of becoming veterinarians. So, um, really appreciate them coming out and helping and being a part of the race. Uh, as usual, we have our vet award, in which case there will be one for each race category. So as voted on by the vets for best vet care or best dog care, uh, that one will be a, uh, a non-stop uh, race jacket embroidered 
with the year and the award, which is always a, a wonderful prize. Um, we also have a Northern Spirit Award. So this is new. The, well, the award itself has been here in the past, but we changed it up slightly. So in past years, it has been for mushers only. This year, it is open to all mushers, handlers, as well as volunteers for the race. And that will be a wonderful pair of beaver mitts. Wow. So uh, the mushers will be voting on that one. That and amazing. our last award is for most inspiring musher, which will be again voted by the mushers. And for this one, we have a beautifully handcrafted full beaver hat made locally here in Saskatchewan by a local Saskatchewan artist. It happens to be Eric Schmidt's better half. Oh, Megan wow. made that for us. And that uh, was made using a beaver that was trapped here in Saskatchewan. So truly a Saskatchewan um, award here. So just a little something for people to keep an eye out for when we look at the awards banquet uh on saturday the 24th of february so with all these awards we've got a, like a four hour ceremony coming up then dan have we which will be wonderful yeah well i'll do my best to keep it moving <laughs> along because uh i guess i didn't do bad last year i got signed up again this year so i'll be leading the charge the other change we will have this year is we're going to be involving more of the board members in the ceremony itself, handing out oh, some of these goodness. awards and, and whatnot. So um, I believe we will have that on social media for those that are following along. Mm -hmm. So I guess you will be. <laughs> <laughs> well, I we, we did job. last year. I, I know it went well. Um, as well, uh, I am happy to say that we have finished the uh, work that was required for our big trophy. We had to add okay. another level to add some more names. So we do have that done okay. and we will have the big trophy on hand. Hooray. So will, will we see Jesse Terry a third time or will we see another musher work their name into that, uh, onto that trophy? So Jesse uh, was putting that out on his socials the other day that he's going for the third little plaque on it. So we will see. Yeah, and it will certainly be interesting to see how things uh, work out. So for those that have listened, thank you. Really appreciate it. Um, you know, we hope that this is uh, fun to listen to and gets you excited about the race. Uh, I know that we will have our vet check starting on February the 19th. That is Monday. And so you'll start to see a lot of activity uh, with all of our pictures and posts and everything going then. So uh, keep an eye on the social media starting on February the 19th. And keep interacting. So comment and, and come back to us with, with your feedback and your thoughts. And, and we, we try and listen along and, and adapt and update. So tell us what you need. Tell us what you think. Absolutely. And are you ready to talk about the... Uh, online picture competition that we're going to have going now that is a curved ball dan what is that one i know nothing so about this what we're working on this year we're hoping to make it work is we're going to be putting together a list of um things so if you are mostly for those that are in person 
Mm-hmm. So taking different pictures of things that we that are going on during the race yeah. and posting those to social media and turning that into a little competition so we can uh, try and show off a little more of what's going on at the race from those that are there. Can Jim win that one? No, unfortunately, Jim <laughs> is not <laughs> in the running. Is he judging but... it? <laughs> okay. We're just we're just going to put a list together. We're going to post it on social media in advance so people know about it. And uh, we're going to try and find a way to get those that are not in person to be a part as well. So keep okay. an eye out for that uh, post coming in due time. Yeah, once you tell me what I'm writing. Exactly. See, that's why <laughs> that's a true that, football. You know nothing about it. I know nothing about it. But and I'll write here it, we go. <laughs> so from from all of us here at the Canadian Challenge, Thank you to everyone that's a part of the race, those that are coming, volunteers, our race marshals, veterinarians, volunteers, and the fans. Thank you so much, and uh, looking forward to more interaction with you uh, as the race goes on. Thank you, Sarah, for joining. I know uh, it. we get a little long-winded on these, but I don't care for the preview because I think people like listening to it. Thank you for asking me, and um, I'll see you in a week's time. Perfect.